0: Final hour of Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. We'll talk a little bit more. Colts we will turn it into the direction of which players I am rooting for the most. But first, four good minutes from the man who has been
1: shepherding you throughout the night every 15 minutes. He's Network Indiana's Sam Fritz. All right, I promised a little bit of Colts talk, so let's get into a little bit of Colts talk. The Indianapolis Colts had their training camp moved indoors today due to thunderstorms that swept through Indiana early in the morning. It also disrupted quite a few festivities at the Indiana State Fair for its opening day, but besides the point, we'll keep it to sports. Many fans could not attend the training camp as they were planning to. Only 750 fans were admitted into the indoor practice for the Indianapolis Colts. Those 750 fans, though, they were lucky. They got to see Anthony Richardson, the Colts' fourth overall draft pick from 2023. Their new hopeful starting quarterback take first team reps with the team today. Uh, Former Philadelphia Eagle Gardner Minshew, who signed with the team this past offseason, he was working with the second unit. Head coach Saints Shane Steichen had quite a bit to say in his media availability about Richardson. Here was Steichen about Richardson getting those first-team reps.
2: I thought he did a really nice job. You know, the thing that we were looking for, you know, obviously he was stacking the days in spring, and then you get that time off in the summertime. We didn't want him to take a step back, and I don't think he has done that at all. I think he's continued to improve and grow, and, you know, we, we got to keep doing that.
1: On top of that, with those reps came uh, some pretty impressive plays, at least according to Steichen.
2: Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, when you got a guy like Anthony that can get out of the pocket and make those plays, you know, big plays come off scramble plays. And that's something we talk about in the meeting rooms. We work in practice and walkthroughs. And then when it comes up, like it came up today to create that big explosive play to Alec was good to see.
1: Big emphasis on... Richardson getting first-team reps, taking on defensive players like Kenny Moore, and how that's going to translate into the regular season.
2: Yeah, I mean when you got an elite player like Kenny Moore, um, it obviously helps. When you iron sharpens iron, right? You're, when you got good on good, it's all going to make us better, right? So when the games come on Sunday, it's all going to help us. And Kenny's a tremendous player. Uh, very fortunate to have him. On.
1: Lastly, Richardson wasn't the only player of note at training camp today. Shaquille Leonard is getting back into the swing of things for the Colts. Here's Shane Sykin on what it's like getting to see Leonard back on the field.
2: I mean, I'm so excited for him to be back. Just the energy he brings. I mean, you can feel it at practice. You know, a veteran leader like that who's a, a high-profile player and just having him back on the field, I mean, I'm so happy for him. You know, what he's went through. And I remember walking through in the spring. He was in there at 5 a.m. grinding, getting his body right every single day. And for, for him to do what he HE'S DOING RIGHT NOW BACK ON THIS FIELD IS REALLY AWESOME TO SEE.
1: Even though Shaquille Leonard is back on the field getting some reps in with the Colts during training camp, no official timetable has been given for his return. Today was supposed to be the Kids Day, presented by Riley's Children's Health for the Colts training camp. It's now been rescheduled to July 31st. Fans who may have had a ticket to today's training camp must claim a new ticket for the 31st at colts.com backslash camp. Indianapolis will have a night practice tomorrow, which is also sold out to the general public, and the team made a couple of roster moves today. They cut one and signed one. Cornerback Isaac Taylor Stewart was signed. He was last seen with the Dallas Cowboys in 2022. They also waived cornerback Cole Coleman, who was an undrafted free agent signed back in May. Back to some baseball, and I did the liberty of refreshing the page ahead of time this time. The Orioles and Yankees. The rain delay must have had them forget how to play baseball. It's the top of the six. Still 0-0, only two hits apiece between the two teams. The Twins and Royals have tied up 4-4, bottom of the ninth. It looks like we're going to be going into some extra innings there. Top of the, oh no, I'm sorry, final score for the Rays and Astros. The Bay Rays took home the win there, 4-3. And the Cubs were victorious over the St. Louis Cardinals, 3-2. Two in their game. The Oakland Athletics are winning over the Colorado Rockies, top of the eighth, seven to two between them. Seattle Mariners still holding on to that four nothing lead over the Arizona Diamondbacks in the bottom of the fifth. The San Diego Padres have tacked on another run against the Texas Rangers, two to nothing in the top of the fourth. Third inning just wrapped up between the Cincinnati Reds and the Los Angeles Dodgers. The Reds are still holding on to a 3-1 lead. And in the top of the fourth, Red Sox up 1-0. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Sam Fritz. Final
0: hour of Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. My name's Eddie Garrison. Thank you for joining me tonight. If you've been sticking through the entire show, I God bless you. I appreciate that for the support. You can tweet at me at Eddie Garrison underscore. You can follow me there. I am not on threads, though. I am on the Twitter machine, or, well, what was formerly the Twitter machine. Now it's the X machine. Um, At the top of the hour, before the update by Sam Fritz there, our producer now is Jack Johnston. Uh, He is off the training wheels now. He is running the ship. So hopefully everything goes smooth from here on out, and I think it will. He's got a terrific trainer, and they're monitoring the board. And Nathaniel Finch, um, at the top of the hour, I teased that I want to talk about Some Colts players that I will be rooting the most for. Number one, obviously, I think has to be Anthony Richardson, solely because the Colts invest a fourth fourth overall pick on him. He's got all of these tantalizing tools. He's got the big arm. He's got arm strength. He can just flick it down the field 50 yards, as most of you, if not all of you, or if you haven't, I've seen it on Colts' social media of him throwing a deep ball to Alec and It's a little bit of a back shoulder catch by Pierce, and he just flicks it like 50 to 60 yards. And then, of course, you have the ability of him to move around in the pocket, which the Colts... Haven't had in quite some time. It's been a while since 12 was back there. Uh, 12 being Andrew Luck under center or in the shotgun formation for the Indianapolis Colts. So you, the Colts fans have never seen anything like it, which is kind of why you've seen practices sold out already. Uh, yesterday's or today's practice was supposed to be sold out. Uh, they're supposed to be outside, but rain moved them inside, and then tomorrow's practice is sold out. And the joint practices against the uh, Chicago Bears, which concludes training camp, by the way, here locally in the state, because after that they will go to Philly and they will have a joint practice with the Eagles before their final training or before their final preseason game against the Eagles. That'll be Sunday the twenty fourth, and it'll be their primetime game. So I wonder if they'll roll those Indiana Knights. I'm I'm joking. Um because I was ma- I always made the joke when those uniforms came out. Indiana Knights without any primetime games seems a little odd. Uh, but, yeah, number one on that list certainly has to be Anthony Richardson because of all the factors that go into it and just hopefully how he becomes the future of the Indianapolis Colts. Number two has to be Shaq Leonard. Uh, those two were interchangeable in my book. If you said Shaq Leonard one and then uh, Anthony Richardson two, I would I would not bet an eye. I would not blame you uh, for that solely because Shaq Leonard is an energizer bunny for that Colts defense and for the stadium itself. Whenever Shaq gets going and he's in the game, he's locked in, he's making a difference uh, at least once a game, twice a game, routinely. And the amount of pressure that he can put in the quarterback in terms of fear of him hovering over the middle of the field, you know. and then as a runner for the opposing team, you have to secure all points in all corners of the football because he'll... Punch it out, and next thing you know, the ball's on the turf, and the Colts got it. That's what they were missing last year in that Colts defense. Um, The defense was solid for about sixty percent of the season, and then the last forty percent of the season, it was treacherous. It was terrible, or as Charles Barkley would like to say, terrible, absolutely terrible. Um, But that's just because they were on the field so long. I mean, when your offense can't sustain drives, and you're constantly asked to go out there and get stops, it, it becomes hard. So that's reason number. Those are the reasons why number two for me on the list is Shaquille Leonard for players to root for for the Indianapolis Colts. Number three, this where it gets interesting because you have a a litany of players that are on this list. You've got Tyquan Lewis; he's dealt with torn patella tendons each of the last two seasons. You've got Andrew Ogletree's coming off the torn ACL, and last year he looked like he was going to be what Jelani Woods end up being because he was ahead of him in terms of his tra- trajectory of being the week one starter for the Indianapolis Colts in that tight end one spot. Hopefully he can come back, and next thing you know, the Colts have two really good options at the tight end position that can play versatile can get some yards after the catch, some touchdowns to give... Anthony Richardson, another option because tight ends are usually the favorite option for rookie quarterbacks because of their size and just where they're located in terms of where their routes are on the field. Most of the time hovering over the middle and the short yardage situation to help out your rookie quarterback. Uh, You could go with Ryan Kelly, dealt with a lot last year, he and his wife. And he is the focal point of that offensive line for the Indianapolis Colts. You could ask Juju Brents in this list. You can put him in this list because the local kid gets drafted in the second round in a position in which is very thin for the Indianapolis Colts at corner. Quitty Pay could be thrown into this list entering year number three. It's a big year for Quitty. Uh, he's got to prove something because after this season, the Colts have to decide if they want to pick up that fifth-year option. And in my pick... Bernard Ryman he really came on at the end of last season for the Indianapolis Colts and if you can lock up that left tackle spot for the Colts in the future that's good news for Anthony Richardson more to come Charlie Clifford of WLWT next on IST
1: all right folks I don't usually do any audio in two minutes but the Cubs Cardinals game was a thriller down to the end Once again, the Cubs won three to two in that game. The Cardinals owed all of their offensive presence to Lars Newtbar, leadoff batter who had two home runs, two solo home runs over the course of the game. The Cubs came back in the fifth and sixth innings, take a 3-2 lead. In the bottom of the ninth, the Cardinals almost managed to tie this thing, send it into extra innings, but Cubs center fielder, pinch hitter turned center fielder. Uh, Mike Tockman decided to rob them of that opportunity.
3: In the air, center field. Tockman back. Back some more near the wall. And
0: he caught it. What a goal. Oh, yes, he did.
1: <laughs> That's right. Right over the wall. Robbed St. Louis of a home run, of a third home run in the game. Kept the game from going into extra innings. Sealed the deal for the win. 3 2 2. Elsewhere in Major League Baseball, the Cincinnati Reds are still on the field. Bottom of the fourth. Three to one, the Reds are leading over the Dodgers. Athletics still up over the Rockies, seven to two in the bottom of the eighth. Padres still leading over the Rangers at the end of the fourth, two to nothing. And the Boston Red Sox are beating the San Francisco Giants, two to nothing, in the top of the fifth. You've got two more updates coming from me. I'll see you guys in fifteen minutes for Network Indiana Sports. I'm Sam Fritz welcome back to network indiana's indiana sports talk i'm eddie
0: garrison filling in for the coach bob lovell coach will be back in a couple of weeks for season number 30 on the big show you can follow me on twitter at eddie garrison underscore and you can follow our next guest on twitter as well or x or whatever we're going with it at char underscore cliff formerly of wish tv8 here locally in indianapolis now with WLWT in and cincinnati charlie how you doing Hey,
3: great to hear from you! And doing well. Just wrapped up third consecutive day of training camp with uh, pretty much a hundred degree heat out there at Paycor Stadium in downtown Cincinnati. And of course, the big news here today was where we learned Joe Burrow is going to be sidelined for several weeks with a strained right calf. He did it yesterday at the very end of practice, scrambling in an eleven on eleven drill. Certainly. When the cart comes out uh, for any injury, you you immediately think the worst. And, you know, looking at that video, which is circulated now, you have to start, okay, is it a calf, is it a Achilles um, strain or a tear? And so for it to come back as a calf and as a strain, you know, I think this is pretty much best case outcome for Zach Taylor and the back-to-back AFC North champs because, Um, hypothetically, six weeks from Sunday, week one in Cleveland, you know, looks optimistic that Burrow won't miss any regular season time if there are any setbacks.
0: Charlie Clifford joined us now on Indiana Sports Talk with WLWT in Cincinnati. And I was going to lead off with this because you look at this, the landscape of Cincinnati and not just with the Cincinnati Bengals. The Cincinnati Reds are fun right now. Cincinnati FC is also fun right now. The Bengals have started uh, training camp. So if you had to rank one, two, and three, where is the attention right now for the city of Cincinnati?
3: It's a great question. You know, the Bengals are – they have the lead by a considerable margin. I just think that's today's American sports landscape, right? If you have a good NFL team, uh, that's going to trump anything else. So they are the leader in the clubhouse, you know, five playoff wins the last two years. They only had one going back the previous three decades. So it's just mania. I mean, you, I'm sure, um, anyone who's been in Indianapolis for any considerable amount of time, you know, Colts are still like that, but certainly once Peyton and Edgerin and Marvin and Reggie showed up, you just can't go anywhere without seeing someone wearing bangle stuff. And that's, you know, I, I'm sure that was the case at that top point in time in Colts history too. So they're in the clubhouse at the top spot. The Reds have – you know, no pun intended. (laughs) They've come out of left field. Uh, This was a season with no expectations coming off their first hundred loss season ever. And to be in the mix in the NL central with all the young rookie stars, I mean, it's just a really easy story to get behind. And this is the oldest baseball town in America. And then FC Cincinnati, which you mentioned, I mean, from a, attendance standpoint they've sold out nine of their i think 13 home matches this season or 10 of their 14 it's a beautiful stadium if you like soccer it really feels like you're in europe when you're in the stadium and they you know they see 25 26 people and that is a rabid growing fan base you know, they were worse than the Major League Soccer standings two years ago. Now they're the top team by a considerable margin. So, you know, they're they're making their own noise over there, and they've really jumped into the pro landscape. A ton of people have fallen in love with that product. So that's where I would stand as of uh, July 28, 2023.
0: <laughs> Earlier this week, I was uh, co-hosting slash producing the Fan Midday Show on our sister station or affiliate ninety three yeah. five one zero seven five. The Fan we had Charlie Goldsmith on of the Cincinnati Enquirer. Oh, and fantastic. Uh, yeah, and we were talking about Teddy Karras for some reason it popped up and <laughs> how uh, his hats are all over the Circle City. How is he such a fan favorite within those Bengals fans?
3: Ted Karras is you know one of the more just gregarious down-to-earth people I think you'll meet in any professional sports setting. He has shown up here and has, you know, just totally embraced the city. He is around doing countless things to help people, including these really cool hat designs that you can get anywhere online, Cincy Hats, with the proceeds benefiting adults um, who are handicapped or mentally disabled and making sure they have their own housing to, you know, live and um you know live in individually and and have their freedom to go to work and to come back and have a great place to to live. And he just posted a video in the last week of, you know, I think forty people in Indianapolis who are now beneficiaries of Cincy hats and all the money he's raised there. So, cannot say enough good things. Um, you know, I've gotten to talk to him a few times here out of the gate, and uh, he is extremely well liked here. That would putting be putting it lightly.
0: What was the big storyline heading into training camp for the Bengals?
3: It was really just revenge. You know, one. Mistake away last year in Kansas City from back-to-back Super Bowl trips. I think Joe Burrow's contract extension in terms of things that are going on off the field far and away is the biggest story that's still in the works and literally could be done any day now that Justin Herbert's deal is done. Um, Certainly there will be toasts across Bengals Nation and across Cincinnati once. That deal has, uh, you know, a signed signature on it because that'll be, you know, outside of winning in Kansas City and getting to the Super Bowl uh, two years ago in Los Angeles against the Rams. I mean, Joe Burrow signing a long-term contract extension in Cincinnati will be, you know, the greatest thing that's happened to this franchise since you know the, the late '80s. So that is. Still the number one thing to check off, even with this injury, you know, I don't think that's going to change anything. Um, Maybe it even accelerates it, getting it done. But um, outside of that, it's, you know, they're, they're running on rookie contracts still with T Higgins, Jamar Chase, Logan Wilson, a really good linebacker, Joe Burrow. I mean, now is the time to capitalize, you know, the realities of the salary cap in the national football league. I mean, they, they need to make some pay and everybody knows it. And, at the same time they want to keep they want to keep the big three together with Higgins and Chase being Burroughs long term wide receivers, much like Harrison and Wayne were for for Peyton. So I think it's a very similar story there and uh they're confident they can get it done. So we'll we'll see.
0: Charlie Clifford's our guest. You can follow him on Twitter at char underscore cliff. Final question here, Charlie. If I had to send you something via FedEx or UPS uh, from <laughs> Indianapolis, what do you what do you, what would you want?
3: Oh, no hesitation. Keystone Sports Review. Hot wings. Throw some fries on top. Throw some celery sticks on top. Get it. Give me some foil. You know, let's keep these things fresh. I've heard they're changing locations. And they were uh, renovating this summer, but I am uh, I'm salivating just stating that order, and um, I will take you up on that. So just let me know uh, when I need to send over the address.
0: <laughs> any, any you can send it over anytime. I will have to check that place out myself because I can honestly say I have never been there,
3: dude. I'm not going to allow Jake Query to hear that. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to say <laughs> I didn't. I know Eddie. Eddie never told me that. I, I had no idea uh yeah don't say that around query don't say that around joey molinaro um certainly my my cousins back in indy the steigmans don't tell them that they've been going there for well, literally 50 years but um yeah next time i'm in town now we know what we're doing we're going to ksr
0: sounds good and you have to let me, me know
3: all right great work keep up the great work over there and uh Hello to everybody for me. Miss everybody at the station.
0: All right, thanks, Charlie. I'll catch up with you soon. All right, man. See you. You can follow Charlie on Twitter at Charlie underscore Cliff. Always great to catch up with him and get a little bit of the lowdown on what's going on in Cincinnati, especially with Joe Burrow having that scary, scary injury that happened earlier this week. Coming up next, I'll get my baseball fix on. Uh, last Saturday, I talked about a potential Shohei otani trade with Brendan King. Well. Certainly not happening. We'll dive into that next with the voice of the South Bend Cubs on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk.
1: All right, I'm going to give you all the games still ongoing, and then for my last update, I'll try and hit every single game in Major League Baseball. Right now, it's the middle of the seventh between the Yankees and the Orioles, and I'm going to tell you, if Orioles fans are not asleep, they're definitely wishing they hadn't bought a ticket. You waited two hours under a rain delay just to watch a 0-0 game through seven innings. Aaron Judge, Yankees designated hitter tonight. Two walks and three at-bats. Orioles haven't done much else either. Each team with only three hits apiece. Moving on to other games, one of them has hit, gone into extra innings. No, I'm sorry, it just wrapped up. It was the 10th inning. Twins tied it in the 9th to send it to the 10th. Twins actually took the lead in the top of the 10th. And then the Royals in the bottom decided to tack on four runs, winning their game 8-5. to five. Now ongoing, the Oakland Athletics still leading over the Colorado Rockies, though the Colorado Rockies have made it more of a ball game. Athletics are up seven to five in the top of the ninth. Seattle Mariners are winning over the Arizona Diamondbacks, still just those four runs from the first inning, keeping them ahead now as they're in the top of the seventh. Sorry, San Diego Padres still beating Texas Rangers, 3-0 at the end of the 5th. Dodgers have put on another run, but the Reds still hold the lead 3-2 in the bottom of the 5th. And the Boston Red Sox are beating the San Francisco Giants in San Francisco, top of the 6th, 2 nothing in favor of the Red Sox. Last one from me in 15 minutes for Network Indiana Sports. I am Sam Fritz. Final
0: half hour of Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. I'm Eddie Garrison at Eddie Garrison underscore on Twitter slash X slash the X. My good friend, Brendan King, he is the voice of the South Bend Cubs. You can follow him on that same application slash social media at Sports BK, I know uh, South Bend Cubs been red hot. How you doing, my man?
4: Eddie, everything is well. The Cubs are hot. That is the Chicago Cubs and the South Bend Cubs are hot. So yeah, I mean you gotta love it. Mike Talkman robs a homer in Bush Stadium against the Cardinals. Would have been a walk off. Cubbies have won seven in a row. And then as you said, South Bend Cubs have been playing well, four in a row this week in Peoria and right back in the playoff conversation. So I could say within the Cubs family, all is going terrific. Uh, South Bend and Chicago.
0: Tonight five one win over the Peoria Chiefs. Let's recap that game.
4: Yeah, I mean, Eddie, got off to a great start for a second straight day, actually, at the top of the order. Uh, Ezekiel Pagan, our leadoff man, he, among qualified active players in the Midwest League, leads the circuit in batting average, came into tonight batting 3.21, two base hits, has him up to 3.27. He's just been remarkable. Uh, each of the last two days, Eddie, he has started the game with a base hit. Today, he swung at the first pitch of the game against... Tiori, righty, Max, Ragic and then Kevin Mate got him in for the second straight day. So one, two in the order produces the first run of the game. That's yesterday and this evening. And then uh, Felix Stevens, a quick RBI ground out later on in that inning. So we led 2 nothing before Brandon Birdsell even threw his first pitch of the game. Um, and the starting pitching, Eddie, has been spectacular all week. Birdsell, he was actually the Big 12 pitcher of the year last year at Texas Tech. Cubs got him in the fifth round and the 2022 draft very good four and a third innings of one run ball and you know Eddie uh, with Peoria only getting that one run for a second straight day. Runs in the first inning ended up being the game-winning run. So you know you're doing something well, both on the mound and at the plate. Where in the first inning, if if runs go on to win the game from there, uh, you're going to have a great chance to win.
0: Looking at the Midwest League standings with Brendan King at B King Sports, voice of the South Bend Cubs, South Bend right now four and a half out in terms of first place in the second half of the season, Uh, the Peoria Chiefs, when we last talked on Saturday, weren't, correct me if I'm wrong, weren't they at the top, and now they are uh, tied with the Cubs, four and a half out for first place?
4: Yeah, Eddie, so actually this is a really interesting situation where in the West Division, you see the Cedar Rapids Colonels lead the division, but the thing is, Cedar Rapids, they won the first half, so they are not playoff eligible for the second half, so even if they win the second half, that would mean the second-place team would get the remaining playoff spot. So, Eddie, right now we're tied up with the Chiefs in technical second, and we are a game back of first place because Cedar Rapids is not playoff eligible because they're already in. So um, this is getting to be a crucial point, Eddie. Uh, We've taken the first four this week in Peoria. And listen, I mean, as you said, Peoria, they were in first place as of a week ago. But these six-game series, Eddie, that's what can happen. If you go on a run, it takes literally one week to get back in it against a division opponent if you play well. And that's what's happened so far this week.
0: I don't think the Cubs will have a more important 12-game stretch this six with the Peoria Chiefs. And then after this series wraps up on Tuesday of next week, uh, the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers come to Four Winsfield. Field
4: going to be massive and that's why we don't know right now exactly where we are because wisconsin tonight they are taking on cedar rapids and they literally got put in a rain delay in the bottom of the ninth inning in a tie game at three so they're going to pick that up tomorrow in the ninth inning um and you know but the thing is that hey you know how it goes you can't control other teams this early it's not even august yet uh we just got to keep on playing where we are and if we play winning baseball, we're gonna be right back up there in the standings. But yeah, I this week was crucial. Next week, same thing. Uh it's our first time seeing Wisconsin at home and you know, they've been playing some good ball and the Brewers farm system pretty talented. So I think it's gonna be a heck of a series. That's the voice
0: of Brendan King. He is the voice of the South Bend Cubs. You regularly hear him on these airways as well on Network Indiana's Indiana's sports talk. Uh Coach Lovell's summer hiatus will come to an end after this weekend, so Coach Lovell will be back for next week for season number 30 and Brendan when we started this conversation you talked about the parent ball club of the South Bend Cubs and the Chicago Cubs they have won seven consecutive games Uh, they find Mm -hmm. themselves four and a half games out of first place in the NL Central now after winning those seven straight I think maybe they could be rethinking their decision of being a seller at the deadline right now
4: well I thought they were always going to wind up as buyers Eddie I mean it just kind of is how that division is shaking out with the Cardinals struggling and the Brewers inconsistent. And, you know, I I love your Cincinnati Reds. I love Ellie De La Cruz, but I I just, for them, they're a young ball club and they need to learn how to win. So I think this is anybody's division. And, you know, we'll see what happens. I don't know if you read Eddie, but Jamer Candelario left tonight's game due to injury with the Nationals. Mm -hmm. And to me, that was the guy that the Cubs were really setting in on because, Eddie, the Cubs need a third baseman. Um, They need a left-handed reliever. I think getting the left-handed reliever is a little bit easier than the third baseman. I thought Candelario is perfect for what they need because he's a pending free agent. Uh, It's probably going to be a rental. And, you know, I I love his contact. I mean, heck, he's a former Cubs prospect, Eddie. So I think the Cubs know exactly what they have with him. So now I don't know how hurt he is. I I was just reading it on Twitter, so I'll have to watch the video. But let's say he's not available, Eddie. Um, The Cubs still need a third baseman. So maybe the main Matt Chapman comes up. But regardless, the next week is going to be really, really enticing. And, uh, you know, there are a lot of teams. You know, heck, the Brewers getting Carlos Santana. That's massive for them. So I think – I think there are a multitude of teams that can make a run at this thing in the NL Central.
0: I think the Reds have a a couple of players that they could be interested in. You know, we've already seen two uh, divisional trades so far, and the trade deadline not over yet. You had the Marlins and the Mets making a trade, and the Pirates and the Brewers. I thought it was just wild that we've seen four teams make a trade, or, or yeah, four teams in total make a trade with teams within their own division.
4: It's nuts, and you know what's happening on the south side of Chicago with the sell-off there. I mean, what a mess that is. The Sox are 20 games under for a team that had legitimate expectations. You know, the Cubs maybe necessarily didn't have those same expectations, but they're now game over. And tonight's win is uh, super meaningful. I mean, listen, Eddie, how often do we see a team, uh, based on what they do the two weeks before the deadline, that really shapes up, obviously, to what they are going to do in the long run at the trade deadline. And if you're not playing well leading up to the deadline, that could be a really, you know, it's an excuse to go sell. I mean, what the Angels are doing with saying they're not moving Shohei Ohtani and they give up their top two prospects – Caro and Bush for Giolito and Lopez. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen there. Mike Trout still hurt. So, uh, yeah, the storylines there are all over the place in the big league ball, no doubt.
0: Yeah, we have about two minutes here left in the segment, BK. And uh, on Saturday, you and I talked about Shoei Otani and how the Angels need to move them. But, well, ever since that conversation, they have uh, seemingly lit the world on fire and they've caught fire. And like you said, they have... Acquired Lucas Giolito. They were another team that was interested in Yammer Candelario. Um, Yeah. I wonder how important it it would be for the Angels to make the postseason with Otani in terms of being able to retain him, because I think they're doing as much as they possibly can.
4: I think so too, Eddie. But at the end of the day, agents come into play, man, and that's what we're seeing right now with Jonathan Taylor. I mean, the team might want to be a Colt for life, but – Clearly, his agent has a personal problem with Jim Irsay, and that's a mess. And with Shohei Ohtani, Eddie, Jonathan Taylor, he might be one of the best running backs in the world, but he's not the best running back in the world. Shohei Ohtani is the best baseball player in the world. And think about all the people in his ear, back home in Japan and here in the States. Man, I can't even imagine dealing with that mess. And I would not want to be the Angels because they have absolutely zero leverage. And you're right. If they don't win here and they don't go on a run, they can kiss their future goodbye because Shoy Otani is going to leave. I mean, he
0: is the easiest player to market in Major League Baseball. The amount of people that want to watch him in the States and then, of course, all of the following that he's got in Japan just makes him just one of one and an easy guy to sell to any franchise. BK, South Bend comes in action tomorrow night at 735. Good luck on the call and look forward to hearing you calling tomorrow night and uh, talking to Derek
4: Schultz. I appreciate you, Eddie. You're the man. Keep killing it. Appreciate you, BK.
0: That's Brendan King. He's our final guest on tonight's edition of Indiana Sports Talk. When we come back, we'll talk about some Colt statistic predictions that I've got. That's next
1: on IST. Doctor, to prescribe you a ticket to this Yankees-Orioles game as it's an absolute snooze fest. Top of the 8th, nothing to nothing. Still in that game that got underway late due to bad weather. The Oakland Athletics and Colorado Rockies. Oakland added an insurance run onto their score in the top of the ninth. That is now in the bottom. 8-5, to five, Athletics still have the lead. Seattle Mariners have added on one run to their lead as the Diamondbacks put two runs on the board finally, 5-2, in favor of Seattle in the bottom of the 7th. San Diego Padres still leading over the Texas Rangers, 3-2-0, bottom of the 6th. Cincinnati Reds are up over the Los Angeles Dodgers, bottom of the 6th there as well, Reds up 3-2. The Giants are finally on the board, but they still trail the Boston Red Sox. They're in San Francisco, bottom of the 6th, Red Sox up 2-1. Final scores, the Marlins defeated the Detroit Tigers earlier today 6-5. Philadelphia Phillies beat the Pittsburgh Pirates 2-1. Toronto Blue Jays defended their home turf over the Los Angeles Angels 4-1. New York Mets were victorious over the Washington Nationals 5-1. Chicago White Sox beat the Cleveland Guardians 3-0. The Atlanta Braves and Milwaukee Brewers had a high scoring affair, 17 runs in total. The Braves beat the Brewers 10-7. Royals win off of a walk-off grand slam in extra innings, ten innings played. Royals win eight to five over the Minnesota Twins. Tampa Bay Rays defeated the Houston Astros four to three, and the Chicago Cubs beat the St. Louis Cardinals three to two. For Network Indiana Sports, I am Sam Fritz. Nice
0: job tonight, Sam. He's Sam Fritz, everybody. He is Twitterless. That's for sure. I do know that. Our producer Jack Johnston. I don't know if he's on Twitter. Jack are you on Twitter yay nay he shakes his head nay I'm not the man training him though standing over his shoulder guiding him through the rest of the show Nathaniel Finch he is on Twitter at IndyFinchTV. Finch TV you'll hear his voice on these airwaves Throughout the course of the high school football season, calling in to talk to Coach about some games. He'll probably be on the update desk a couple times as well. Uh, He did a terrific job tonight as well, and Jack has done a terrific job this final hour of the program. I am Eddie Garrison. At Eddie Garrison underscore is my Twitter handle. Um, I teased before the scoreboard update from Sam that uh, it's time to predict some stats for the Colts players because you know we're two practices in, and that's what you do, right? Right. FanDuel Sportsbook has already released a couple of uh, lines for players and props. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, uh, 1,200 and a half rushing yards and eight and a half rushing touchdowns. Michael Pittman Jr., 800 and a half receiving yards. So if you are into that kind of stuff and you are a degenerate gambler, of course, 1 800 gambler or 1 809 with it if you have a gambling problem. I would take the over on all three of those. I think it's a smash spot for Jonathan Taylor this year, if you think about it. if Well, first of all, Jonathan Taylor has to suit up and play, yeah. um, but that situation will only have to play out over the next six, seven weeks or so. Look at last year, Jonathan Taylor had 860 yards rushing, four rushing touchdowns, and 11 games i think he is closer to his rookie campaign and the 2021 season i think he's somewhere in between uh i have him penciled in at 1300 rushing yards and i think i put him at nine rushing touchdowns if i had to guess yeah 1300 rushing yards and nine rushing touchdowns you can find my predictions on 1075 the fan.com um, I have predictions for Jonathan Taylor, Jelani Woods, and Anthony Richardson, who I am going to do next. Uh, Anthony Richardson, for me, we talked to uh, Casey Valier about this. He had Anthony about 2,500 passing yards, and he said, oh, about... 15-17 to 17 passing touchdowns and about the same amount of interceptions. And I tend to agree with Casey there. Uh, you can catch that conversation in podcast form after the show, wherever you download your podcasts. Uh, my official prediction for Anthony Richardson this year, passing-wise, I said 2,300 passing yards. This is assuming that he starts all 17 games. I expect this Colts team to really be run-heavy much like the Dallas Cowboys when Dak was a rookie and in his first in his second year, they relied on Ezekiel Elliott a whole ton. Um, Jalen Hurts, too, in 2021 when he first became the full-time starter and then at the tail end of 2020. That's primarily what Shane Steichen did with the Eagles. They were a run-first team, and then they were able to throw the ball later in the game as the game gone on. And, and of course, as many more games got along, too, that Help the improvement and the development Of Jalen Hurts which I think is going to be mirrored Here with Anthony Richardson you're not Going to be asking him to drop back and throw The football 30 times a game I could see that number being in the low 20s mid 20s consistently just because that is how this Colts offense is going to have to operate if they have any admiration of winning football games this year which I think should be on the back burner anyway this season is all about the development of Anthony Richardson and him becoming your franchise quarterback so I think uh, 2300 passing yards 20 total touchdowns if I had to give you specifics uh, I would say 15 Passing touchdowns and five rushing touchdowns. And I put 15 interceptions. I think that's probably on the higher side of things. I could see more. I could honestly see less. It all depends upon how much they are throwing the football game in and game out. Um, And then for Jelani Woods, I think it's an interesting one to think about. He had over 300 last year. I think it was 351, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, And he had three receiving touchdowns. I think the department that is most likely to approve for Jelani Woods is that receiving touchdown number. I could see him as many as five. I've got him, or as many as six. I've got him at five and about between 400 and 450 receiving yards. Um, I just because that room is so full and Andrew Ogletree looked really promising last year. It'll be interesting to see how all things play out. Michael Pittman Jr. I've got him around 900 yards, close to a thousand though. Wrap up the show next on IST final segment of the night on network indiana's indiana sports talk i want to thank all of our guests for joining tonight paul condry of the regional radio sports network and the author of the indiana football digest he joined us way back in the nine thirty portion of the show he talked about each class we went through some of the favorites to win each class and the upcoming high school football season that is three weeks away from today uh, casey valier in-game studio host and radio coordinator for the Indianapolis Colts radio network joined us in the 10 o'clock hour, talked about his off season Uh, training camp thus far from his perspective. And Shaquille Leonard, uh, James Boyd also joined us. Howard Kelman talked a lot of ball with Howard talked about the Indians tonight and some of the best prospects that he's seen this season, both at the Indians team and then some other teams that they have faced so far this season. Charlie Clifford just joined us. Well, 30 minutes or so ago, got an update on Joe Burrow. Everything seems a okay on that front and that he'll be ready for week one after suffering that calf strain. And thankfully, it was nothing worse like an Achilles rupture that most feared immediately after seeing that video circulate on social media. And then Brendan King at 11.30. We talked about South Bend Cubs, the Chicago Cubs, and then LA Angels and Shohei Otani. Uh, Throughout the course of the show, kind of been intermittently you know voicing my opinions on the jonathan taylor situation some Colts stat predictions who i've been rooting for um because there are a lot of players that you can pick from out of this colts roster that have something to prove that you should be rooting for i mentioned uh, shaquille leonard as the player that i was rooting hard for along with anthony richardson uh, and bernard ryman was the third player on that list if you had to expand that out some other players on that list that i mentioned taekwon lewis he's coming off back-to-back seasons where he has ruptured his tendon. he looked good last year after coming off the first hopefully he's able to get back on the field he is currently on the pup list right now for the indianapolis Colts, so i would expect him to not play the first six games it but it also would not surprise me if he was back anytime before that. You talk about Drew Ogletree. James Boyd talked about how he took the first team reps today as tight end one. Uh, it was Jelani Woods yesterday or on Wednesday taking those first team reps. And those are the entry players that you could be rooting for to come back. And in terms of a bounce back year, Kenny Moore, he had a down year last year with Indianapolis Colts adjusting to a new role with Gus Bradley in his first season as the defensive coordinator for the Indianapolis Colts. Final year of his contract, too, is Kenny Moore. Uh, then you have Ryan Kelly, of course. Everyone knows the story behind what happened to he and his wife um, about the miscarriage with their daughter, and now they are pregnant with twins. And Ryan is expecting uh, to have... Those two it bring brought into this world uh right around week one. So that's an exciting time for the Kelly household. And then of course Julian Blackman talked about too about him too a little bit uh with James Boyd. And then players that have something to prove that you can be reading for Juju Brentz, Quitty Pay, Bernard Ryman, and Dallas Flowers. Once again, thank you to all of our guests for joining. Thank you for listening. I also had for to thank the people behind the scenes. Todd Meyer, David Wood, everyone here at Radio 1, Jack Johnston, Nathaniel Finch, and Sam Fritz. Nice job tonight. Tomorrow night, it's Derek Schultz in the big chair on the final weekend without Coach Ball Bubble. You've been listening to the history-making legendary Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk.